0: We're going to turn to God's word now. We're going to turn to the Bible. And our Bible reading this morning will be done, will be led for us by one of our young people, Charlie. And let me encourage you to turn to your Bible. We're reading from Luke chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. That's Luke chapter 5, verses 12 to 16. And then Gareth will bring us God's message for us for today and the days ahead. Charlie. This reading is taken from Luke chapter 5, Verse 12 to 16. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded, pure cleansing as a, as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Charlie, thank you so much for reading God's word for us this morning from Luke's Gospel. Folks, it's great to be with you in your living rooms today as we worship together and as we spend some time thinking now about these words that God has given to us. So let's, let's pray for a second. Let's quieten ourselves. We've been giving of worship. Let's come into a posture where we're ready to receive God's life-giving, hope-filled words. Father, thank you for these words, for this story of Jesus, for the hope that you bring to us. We open our minds, we open our hearts, we open our hands to receive everything you would give us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So... I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you how you're doing today. it would be a strange way to start a sermon, but if I'm honest with you, I've had a really challenging few days. Um, over last weekend and the early part of this week, I, I found it tough. I found myself feeling a bit lethargic. I found myself overthinking things more than normal. I found myself um, doubting what I felt that God was asking me to do. And so I stewed on it for a few days because it's never easy to ask for help. And then uh, I'm really glad I reached out to a few friends who I trust and said, will you pray for me? Will you pray with me? And it made all the difference in the world. Maybe no coincidence that this past week has been Mental Health Awareness Week. So at the start of today's teaching, I want to ask you, how are you feeling today? Just be honest with yourself about it. How are you feeling today? What is taking up most of your headspace? What are you thinking about and overthinking? When was the last time you ate a whole meal or prayed a whole prayer? Are you tired today? And then allow yourself to think back for a second. When was the last time you didn't feel tired? What could you engage in today that would bring you joy? What could you choose to do today that would bring you joy? Just some questions around assessing your own mental health. And depending on your answers, uh, might depend on what you need to do with that now. But I'm really aware that during these last sort of 10 weeks of, of lockdown, and even though we're beginning to emerge out of it now, uh, we still have a long, long way to go. People's mental health has struggled in different ways. And, and not just mental health, we, we as a country are struggling in all kinds of ways. Figures released this week by the government show that unemployment is up 90% in the last month. That's huge. That's huge. We've already seen that in the first couple of weeks of lockdown across the whole of the UK, food banks saw an 80% increase in the footfall over their doorsteps of people asking for help. And the PSNI have released figures to say that in the first six weeks of lockdown, they had more than 3,700 calls about domestic abuse here in Northern Ireland. Where Do people turn for help? Where do you turn for help when things are hard, when you're struggling? This text this morning that that Dr. Luke has written that uh, Charlie has read for us, what we see right at the start of it is Jesus positions himself right in the middle of the community. He had a reputation for compassion. He had a reputation as somebody who helped other people. And he positions himself right in the middle of the town, of the village, of the community as a beacon of hope. And I can't help but thinking my thoughts have been dominated by this recently as restrictions begin to ease. I don't think it's enough for us as a church to say that we are willing to listen and pray and help and signpost people if they come to us. Of course we're going to do that, but I think I think we actually need to do more than that. I think we need to go and position ourselves in the community and offer to pray and help and listen to and signpost people to help, because the trajectory of God's people has always been to move outwards. It is never ever been to stay in the building, to stay in one place. Adam and Eve, right at the very start of the Bible, God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth, to move out and multiply and fill and help and bless and heal. Abraham, when he was given the promise of God and the commissioning from God, he was told, I am going to bless you and I'm going to use you and your family to bless all the nations of the world to move out and to release blessing. And when Jesus was leaving his disciples and ascending into heaven, and we've just had Ascension Day this past week, He said to them, now you go into all the world and make disciples. The trajectory of God's people has always been to move out. So Jesus, he stands in the middle of this village and people are coming to him. And this one guy comes to him. He has leprosy. Now, it it may have been leprosy like we understand it today, or it may have been a generic term that was used 2,000 years ago to talk about all manners of contagious skin conditions that they couldn't treat and they couldn't heal. And if you had a contagious skin condition 2,000 years ago, you were required to wear clothes that were ripped, that showed people you were unclean. You had to wear a face mask, a face covering and um, to stop anything from spreading. You, you were required to physically separate from your community and from your family, not just socially distanced by two meters, but to actually be completely removed from the people that you love, from human touch, from help, from compassion, from love. More than that, you weren't even allowed to go to the temple to worship God. You were cut off from humanity, but you were cut off from the presence of God as well. And then to add insult to injury, the wind's blowing outside, to add insult to injury, whenever you saw people coming towards you, you had to call out, unclean, unclean, I'm unclean. The whole posture of your life, the requirements placed upon you, the the separation, and even speaking out loud words over yourself, what does that do to that guy's self-worth, to his identity, to his heart? And yet miraculously, amazingly, he has the courage to come to Jesus and ask for help. He has the courage to ask for help. He comes to Jesus. He, He bows down on the ground before Jesus and he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He came into the village amongst other people. He risked the abuse of the crowd. Maybe even worse than that, he risked, the flinching that people do when, you know that involuntary thing you do when you see something that that just terrifies you or disgusts you and you just recoil slightly from it? I imagine as he walked through the village that day, he heard muttering and he heard words and he saw flinching as people stepped back from him. All of the things that, People had spoken over him all of the things that he believed about himself. When he came into the village that day, he risked all of those being on display. Fear rising up within him. And yet what's amazing, he has zero doubt in Jesus' ability to heal. Lord, if you're willing, he says, you can make Made clean. He knows that sin and sickness bow to the name of Jesus. We know today that sin and sickness bow to the name of Jesus. He had no doubt in who Jesus was or in Jesus' ability. His doubt was in his own sense of self-worth. Why would Jesus heal someone like him? Why, after years of rejection and being told how unclean and how unworthy he was, would someone like Jesus be interested in someone like him? You know, at times there has been an attitude towards mental health in our society. A really unhelpful attitude that that says, you know, if you're struggling with mental health, really, you should just try a bit harder. Just pull your socks up and get on with it. And at times, there's been a a perception amongst uh, the middle class that those who who claim benefits simply want to choose an easy ride. They don't want to contribute to society and, and help themselves. And whilst okay, maybe perhaps that's true for a small number, For the vast majority, for the overwhelming majority, asking for help. Speaking those words out loud is the hardest thing in the world to do. I remember uh, volunteering at a food bank in Balamonai when I was there. And I remember standing in the doorway looking out. And there was a father coming across the car park. And he walked towards the door and then he stopped And hesitated. And then he turned round. And he walked away. And he stopped again. And you saw him almost rocking on his heels. And he turned. And he came towards the door with tears in his eyes. Because he had nowhere else to go. Sometimes people don't know where to come for help. Or where to turn for help. Or who to ask for help. But but mostly... Mostly the things that stops them doing it is the fear and the shame of admitting, I can't do this myself. I can't feed my own kids. I can't get myself out of this dark place. I can't help Myself, It's so hard to speak those words out loud, and yet it's so important to you. And the most amazing thing in this passage is this guy with leprosy has the courage to speak those words out loud. And Jesus, Jesus, the, the Son of God, Jesus, fully God and fully man, Jesus, in that moment, reaches out and touches him and says, I am willing. Be clean. Be clean. It's the Greek word kathardizo. And Luke records it here, be clean, as Jesus speaks those words and heals this guy of his leprosy, of his skin condition, of his physical sickness. But in Acts chapter 15 verse 9, uh, a book that Luke also wrote, He uses this same word, Carthadizo to talk about having your heart purified from sin. Be clean, Jesus says again and again and again in the Gospels. We see this interchangeability of language. Where where healing and forgiveness and wholeness and life and life in all its fullness are what you receive when you come to Jesus. Where the presence of Jesus is, the reality of the kingdom breaks in. Where the presence of Jesus is, the reality of the kingdom breaks in. We're not finished yet, but I, I just really want to take a moment and pray. And let's do that now, because for some of you, you're carrying sickness in your body. For some of you, you're struggling with your mental health. For some of you, you just feel so low and so lonely and so unloved at the minute. And I pray, Father God, pour out your Holy Spirit and release your love right now in the living rooms where your people are watching. Your word tells us that we are loved. The cross shows us that we are loved. But Holy Spirit, come now and release that experience of being loved for your children for the lonely, for the fearful, for the struggling. And if you're struggling today in your health in whatever way, I want to pray for healing right now. In Jesus' name, may you be whole. May you be well. In Jesus' name, amen. Does anybody remember history class? For some of you, it was nine weeks ago. You haven't been in school for nine weeks, and I'm not making any comment on how much homework you've been doing. For me, history class was 29 years ago. For some of you, it was even more. I remember learning about things like World War II and Irish history and Henry VIII and, and all of those things that maybe you've learned about as well. But I was sitting this week, and I was struck by the reality that in years to come, our grandchildren are going to be learning about the 2020 COVID-19 crisis. They're going to be learning about Boris Johnson and him going into hospital and coming out again and, and his speeches and analyzing the things he said. They're going to be learning about Arlene and Michelle and the times they've agreed and the times they've disagreed. They're going to be learning about the impact of social distancing and and what happened to the health service and the economy. They're going to learn about political successes and failures and they're going to analyse it and take it apart. But I, I find myself this week wondering when this is being taught in years to come, will the secular world tell the story of the release of God's love and God's hope in these days? Will the story be of what churches did in these days? Or will the only people that notice what the church has done be the church itself? I had this haunting feeling when I had that thought. More people are hurting in these days than were before COVID started. Statistics are showing us that. But at the same time, more people are searching are dissatisfied with their experience of life beforehand or finding the things that they had put their hope in are not, not helping them and saving them and bringing them through this. And they're searching. More people are tuning into church. Maybe you're tuning into Orangefield service today and, and before COVID happened, you never went to church. The numbers on our YouTube views are showing us that more people are are, are coming to virtual church than were coming to physical church before this happened. More people are having conversations about prayer and about hope and about Jesus and about forgiveness and about eternal life. We saw this week that, that people are Googling prayer and Jesus more than they ever have done before. There's a spike in the search history of it. And last week, on Sunday morning, at half past 11, Zoom crashed. And I'm not saying that was because of us, but the independent newspaper said the church broke Zoom because that many people were logging on and tuning in. People are hurting, but people are searching. And I, I, I believe deep in my bones that, that like Jesus, we need to position ourselves in the community and we need to, to birth new acts of compassion to reach new people with the gospel. The words in my head that someone gave me this week, new wine needs new wineskins. Some of those ministries are going to be resourced and organized by by us here in Orangefield Church from the center. And and you've already seen some of those things happen. In the past week, we've been able to release over £11,000 to I Am Cares to help feed people in India who have leprosy, who have disabilities, who are elderly, who are forgotten about and not seen by the state and by the community around them in the slums in Mumbai. That is an incredible act of generosity. We have been able to release hundreds of pounds of food vouchers to help families in our own community. We are providing over 50 hot meals a week to pensioners in one of our local local housing estates. We're phoning over 200 seniors each week to make sure that they are loved and cared for. We're providing groceries and prescription delivery for dozens of people. We are reaching out with the gospel and the love of Jesus to over 1,200 people each week through our online services. And we are seeing people coming to faith and people getting healed in response to what happens here on a Sunday morning and in our online Alpha courses. And there is more to come. There are new acts of compassion and evangelism being birthed and being resourced from the center. You'll hear about them and be invited to be part of them in the coming weeks. But we also want to rejoice. We want to rejoice in how God is using you as an individual and you as a family to to share his love and tell his story right where you are on your street in your work. We, we want to celebrate the story and rejoice in the story of one of our members who who bought a dozen copies of uh, John Lennox's book, Where is God in a Coronavirus World? and sell a tape the Freddo chocolate bar to the front of it and put it through each of their neighbor's doors, encouraging them to have a cup of tea and to eat some chocolate and to read this book about God and how he's working in the present. We want to rejoice in stories about neighbours baking cakes and tray bakes and leaving them at neighbours' doors just to share God's love. I heard a story this week about a family in our church who on a Thursday night, whenever people go out to clap for our NHS workers, are bringing the instruments in their house out into the street and are playing music, and people are out clapping and cheering and singing for over an hour on a Thursday night. That's incredible. An incredible testimony to God's love and God's hope in these times. You know, what we see in this story is Jesus gave life to one man and the crowds came to hear him and the whole community was restored into the story of God and the hope of the gospel. Jesus touched the life of one man and the whole community responded and was transformed and was changed. I can't help but wonder, is that what God is calling us into and asking us to be part of in this cultural moment? The song we opened with today, an old, old hymn, Here is love vast as the ocean. I I found myself sitting with it Uh, earlier this week, just praying those words and meditating over it. Did you hear this? The wind's crazy, isn't it? I found myself sitting with the words of this hymn, praying over it and meditating upon it, and I was completely arrested. My heart was taken apart by a line in the second verse. Through the floodgates of God's mercy flowed a vast, And gracious tide. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me. Gareth you. And the people of Orangefield are the floodgates. And what floodgates do is they can close. And stop the river from flowing. Or they can open. And allow a trickle to come through. Or they can be thrown open wide. And the full force of the river comes. Pounding out. Shaping and transforming and refreshing everything in front of it. And I felt like God was saying, what if we get to choose to be those floodgates? And our yes to Jesus looks like our lives being opened up for him to work through. And for his mercy to touch your neighbor's for his mercy to touch your family, for his mercy to touch the people in your street and the community around us, and this whole city of Belfast. What if we're the floodgates and our yes gets to determine the fullness of God's blessing in this moment? You get to choose your level of involvement. You get to give your yes to God in this moment when the world around us is hurting and scared. This is every member ministry, an invitation into it at its very, very best. Let's pray together. And as we come to pray... Just be really honest. Do you need help this morning? Are you struggling with your health, with your mental health, with your spiritual health, physically, financially, emotionally? We want to help you. And we want to help you to get the help that you need. Heavenly Father, Come and put your arms around your people this morning, especially those who are hurting, who are struggling, and give them the courage to ask for help. Let them know they are not alone. And Father, for those who are, 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 are not yet Christians or maybe who have backslidden and fallen away, and who want to give their lives to you, come and show them that you are real, that you are the forgiver of sins, you are the lover of souls, and you are the the author and the giver of eternal life. If you want to give your life to Jesus this morning and become a Christian, pray this prayer with me now. Jesus, I believe in you. I turn to you. I'm sorry for the mistakes in my life. Forgive me. Come into my heart and make me your child both now and forevermore. And for all of us as a church, as we hunger and pray for awakening in this time, for more and more people to receive the, the love of God into their lives in a holistic way, we want to pray, your kingdom come and your will be done here in Belfast and in Northern Ireland, just as it is in heaven. Father, open our imaginations as we open our hands to you now. Open our imaginations and and speak to us as individuals and as families and as church and lead us into this community around us so that we can tell people And show people your love and your story. May your hope flow through us. Through the floodgates of God's mercy. Flowed a vast and gracious tide. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.